welcome to another episode of Kilroy is Here. Today, we're talking with Satin Russell, author of the Harper Sisters series, a trilogy that's known as Suspense That Sizzles. Welcome, Satin. It's so great to have you here. Hi, thank you. And now, so Satin Russell is your actual name. <laughs> yes, it is. Which is perfect. That's the perfect name for a romance writer. Did you decide to be one just because you had the perfect name for it? <laughs> no. Um, you know what? I, I've been a fan of romance for since, I don't know, I've been reading romance since I was 13. My mom read romance. Um, and I just got lucky that she is also very creative and named me Satin. That's fun. My, I used to read, um, I remember being like 12 years old and my grandma had all these old Harlequin books. That was basically where I got my education. (laughs) I remember some of the titles were crazy too. Like there was one, one of my favorites was called love song on a Chinese flute. Oh boy. And like for honors lady. (laughs) I I love all the clinch covers. I still remember all the clinch covers. It's like Fabio on every cover. I know. And the big, like, just flamboyant dresses and all <laughs> the colors of satin, you know? Like, yes. Which, you know, here I am. So. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your books. Okay. Uh, so it's a trilogy called the Harper Sisters series. Uh, it's set up in Bath, Maine. And I have the first two sisters written. I'm working on the third sister now. And there's a little holiday novella that I snuck in as like a 2.5 with one of the side characters. Nice. Yeah. So Secret Hunger is the first book. And it's a story of the oldest sister. Uh, Her name is Olivia Harper. And she graduates high school and she goes off to college with dreams of becoming a top chef. And then her parents die in a car accident. Mm. Yeah. So she has to come home and she has to take care of her two younger sisters. And then after a few years, they're grown and they move out of the house and she finds herself at this crossroads in her life. Should she go back and pursue the dream that she had to forsake or should she, you know, stay on the path that life has given her? Mm. Which I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that concept of being at a crossroads in life. Mm, You know, that's, that's where I was at. So, and Um, that's kind of what I wanted to delve into a little bit. So while she's trying to figure that out, she meets Mason Clark, who is a Boston police detective. And he has a tragic incident on the job that he's recuperating from. And he's also at a turning point in his life. Come to find out, he brings danger to her doorstep. Mm. Mm. Interesting. (laughs) So. And so you actually, you started out in, you were in the financial world, right? Mm-hmm, I was, yeah. And, I, and so made the decision, was this kind of like what sparks this kind of plot in the book where she's at a crossroads, were you at like a crossroads when you started writing this? Yes, absolutely I was. You know, it's funny because when I was growing up, I've always been an avid reader and um, I have always written throughout my life, you know, through journals and stuff like that. I have journals from back when I was like 13, 14 years oh. old, you know, like, <laughs> which are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but, <clears throat> and I always thought that I would be like um, an English teacher or um, a librarian or an author or something along those lines, you know, mm. but um 
as I was growing up, there got to be a point where it was like, okay, you have to grow up. You have to go get a quote unquote real job. Where's my Monday through Friday? Where's my paid days off? That kind of idea. And so I went into the, you know, kind of a roundabout way, but I went got into the financial world. Mm-hmm. And then on the eve of my 36th birthday, I woke up and I was staring at the ceiling at like three in the morning and I was thinking how the heck did I get here you know (laughs) yeah like it was so I was doing exactly opposite of everything that I thought I should be doing all of whatever my strengths were whatever my interests were this was exactly opposite of that right and I was so I had the shiny ladder that I was supposed to be climbing you know and I had a 401k and I was miserable (laughs) Yeah. So I went to my husband and I was telling him how I was feeling and that what I really wanted to do is I wanted to find a way to jump tracks and, and, you know, pursue this other thing that had always been kind of in the back of my mind. And to his credit, he didn't laugh me out of the room, (laughs) (laughs) but he did say, you know, don't quit your day job. Let's make a plan. Mm, and so yeah exactly and so um you know we set a number of goals that to kind of accomplish and some of them were really pragmatic and practical like let's pay off all our credit cards and let's you know save up x amount of money and let's you know let's do it this way and then some of them were like well I I had a personal goal for um, participating in NaNoWriMo right you know and it was like if for which I I fail at every (laughs) I, I did not fail at it, thankfully, you know, because I think that would have taken some of the wind out of my sails. But, but um, that was probably one of the best goals I could have made for myself because, you know, uh, for anybody who's listening, NaNoWriMo, the goal is to write 50,000 words in 30 days. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I wanted to test myself and say, okay, can I write on a regular basis? Can I produce something that's, you know, worthy of being published? Can I tell mm-hmm. a story basically? And in the process of doing that, I ended up joining a local chapter for my NaNoWriMo group called the Rhino Shores, which mm-hmm. stands for Writers of the North Shore. Oh. And, um, and I ended up kind of finding my my people. I found a tribe yeah. of people who were really into writing, who loved the written word as much as I did. And and so it all just sort of clicked, you know, and and at the end of that year, we had hit all of, you know, and it was like, okay, are we going to do this? And it was like, yeah, let's do it, you know? And so that's kind of how it all started. But that's yeah. a great story. Speaking of your husband, in your bio, I noticed you said you, it's so sweet. You say, A, you married the love of your life. Yes. And then you say he flew halfway around the world for you. You need to explain this. <laughs> he did. Okay. So um, back, we've been friends for like almost two years. He was like my best guy friend for years. Mm-hmm. And he watched me go through two other major relationships. Like, you know, I say major relationships, like at least a year long sort of kind of relationships, you know? Right, right. And and I was getting out of the second major relationship. And it was one of those breakups where it was just, it was terrible, you know? Mm -hmm. And we thought, how the heck did I make this 
atrocious mistake you know right. like how could I possibly have made this terrible terrible mistake what was I thinking and so um we got together and I was telling him everything that had happened and I said I'm gonna fly out to my mom my mom was living in Bangkok Thailand at the time she's, oh, she's wow. actually so I'm half Thai my dad is full-blooded Thai first generation American and my mom is Caucasian but she was the one living in Bangkok at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so so I said I'm gonna fly out to my mom I'm gonna like stay with her for a little bit and try to get my head screwed back on right and just figure mm-hmm. out how I made this mistake so I never make this mistake again right mm-hmm. And he's listening and he says, okay, he's all, I, you know, if you, I, I support that. I understand why you want to do that. But if you go and don't come back, I will never forgive myself if I don't tell you how I really feel. <gasps> oh, <I know. laughs> and so like, it felt like, you know, it was one of those moments where everything becomes crystallized and clear and like sunbeams shoot down from the oh. sky and like bathe you in light. And it's like, oh, you know, like it's happening. Oh, that's so <laughs> nice. Know? And, and I thought, okay, wow, I, I think I could feel the same way. But I don't, I don't trust myself right now. Mm. I don't trust my judgment. And I, you deserve a hundred percent and I can't give that to you. So I'm right. still going to go to Thailand and I'm still going to stay with her for six months. And, mm-hmm. and so it was before, it was like during the time of cyber cafes, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would sit at the cyber cafe down at the corner and we would talk each, uh, to each other with via MSN messenger through for six mm-hmm. months. We did this and wow. share love letters back and forth. And oh. One of the things about that is that when you get together with somebody long distance, you can't rely on chemistry, you know, like right. you have to actually spell out what you want and what you're looking for and all of these things. Right. And at the end of six months, he got up, he called me up and he says, um, you won't believe what I did. I <laughs> sold all of my records. He was a DJ at the time. I sold oh. all my records. I sold my turntables. I sold my amp and I bought a plane ticket and it was the first time he'd been on a, like a major flight. It was the first time he'd been out of the country and he flew halfway around the world for me. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) So do you ever, I mean, I like my husband's my best friend too. And Mm -hmm. I, I always use him as inspiration for my (laughs) hero character. Like he's, I always use him for inspiration for the guy in my books um, um I don't you know honestly I'm sure that I'm inspired by it on some level but it's not on a conscious level if that makes mm-hmm. sense like it is very fictionalized in my mind there is a distinction between me and or between my you know my relationship and the character's relationships on the page right. but I some of the things I know that I'm inspired by are kind of, they're just, they're a blanket thing that, you know, you can't, you can't divest yourself from consciously or unconsciously. So things like, I want a man who's going to be respectful of women. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, so of course that's, I'm inspired by that. I mean, I think love is inspired by respect and trust. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that you could say that's been, that's been a part of it. Um, I want a man who can, who can communicate honestly about his feelings 
and is in mm-hmm. tune with himself. He's not he he's not just all one or all the other, you know. Yeah. Um, so I want somebody who can say, hey, accurately say, this is what I'm looking for, or this is this is what I can offer, or this is what I can't offer, or what I can't say, you know, and and be more in tune with that and communicate it in a respectful way, you know. Mm-hmm. So in that way, yeah, he's an yes. inspiration but I, I think that's just how I feel about all relationships in general right you know? right so let's talk about <laughs> being creative during COVID <laughs> because I know we're both um, kind of the same boat <laughs> I am on the struggle what have you been doing <laughs> I have not been writing I I hate, I hate that I have not been writing like it's just it, it's um it feels like such a block you know, but there's I all of the news, all of the stuff that's going on right now, and it feels so big, and it mm. and and what I'm doing in my little corner of the world feels so small and inconsequential, you know. And I'm I'm having yeah. I'm having a problem with that, you know. Like I don't know. I, I I and then there's the other part of me that's like you have all of this free time right now and you're used to working from home. You have no freaking excuse, you know. So there's a, there's that sense of guilt also, you yeah. know. So I'm still working full time, but I mean, I we're both both of us, my husband and myself are remote right now and I'm still working full time. My job actually is very like relevant. Um, my company produces software that like connects people at work um, through like recognition and gratitude and stuff like that. So uh-huh. we've been busier than ever, but I still like, I don't have my 45 minute commute every day. Um, you know, so it's like once work is over, I have my whole night ahead of me and I'm just like, I feel like it's cause it's not chosen time. It's like, time where there's an undercurrent of something bad happening and so I just have like this sense of worry and dread and that is prohibitive of me being fully creative like I'm still trying to force myself to do some things but mostly I've been doing things like I consolidated my jewelry into (laughs) a different piece of furniture I mean that still felt like an accomplishment but it's not like I needed to be creative for that I just needed to sit there and mindlessly and go through things I didn't like anymore. Right. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm going to switch my my winter fall wardrobe for my spring wardrobe probably this weekend. Um, so that will feel good too. I like threw out a bunch of clothes. Yeah. Um, but but like I can't. It's hard because I'm right now trying to get a fifth anniversary edition of my first book out because I'm turning that into a trilogy. <sighs> and so I'm I'm putting out like an amended version. But it's like if I don't get it out this year. <laughs> It's not going to be an anniversary. Anyway, <laughs> I know. So I need to get on the ball because, like, I'm really struggling. <laughs> I hear you. I hear all of that. Yeah. Um. I do have plans to go through my wardrobe. So right on track with that. <laughs> as far as like I've been doing, creative outlet yeah, goes, well, like honestly, not a lot. But I have been trolling memes. And I have been posting know, I... 20 memes every day that have something to do with, like, the coronavirus, COVID, quarantine situation. It's hilarious. <laughs> I've watched, I follow your memes, and they're fun. And I've been doing that for two months, and that's that's pretty much my creative outlet right now. Like, how oh, are that's so terrible, right? Like, I've been, um, 
I've been dress I've been dressing up as my mother. I've been doing videos. I've been doing impersonations of my mother. Um, I have a wig. Oh, I bet she loves that. <laughs> she actually does. Like she thinks it's really funny, which is good. Um and so I think I'm gonna start a YouTube channel. Soon. Oh, that would be fun. Well, and I've been following then, your cocktails. Oh, that and that. I do that. That's the other thing I do. I do the cocktail club. Which I have also been doing cocktails, which is, it's funny because for Christmas, my brother had gotten me a subscription for Shaker and Spoon, which is like yeah. a cocktail oh, yeah. box without the alcohol, but everything else that you would need for three cocktails. And, right. and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, but um, with the quarantine and everything that's going on, I'm like, thank goodness for Shaker and Spoon because I get this box once a month and I have things that I can play with and experiment with. And, oh, then, and then I've just been making my own cocktails because now I'm inspired to make cocktails. And I've been kind of doing like a cocktail hour, not every day, but pretty mm. much every day, like every other day or so, like five o'clock yeah. or so, I'll make a cocktail of some sort. Yeah. So. Yeah, oh yeah I mean it's fun like people from work asked me like people from work asked me to do it because they know I like I like to fool around with cocktails anyway but I on I actually hate being on camera <laughs> so I really but you look so adorable and I love your outfits and I just love the whole setup I think you do a great job it's, I still have not done the you. Facebook live stuff because I feel so like, oh, intimidated by it very yeah. well yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the one day a week that I put on an actual mm-hmm. outfit. So that's, I mean, that's good, yeah. I guess. Last night, I actually felt way, but I felt way more comfortable yesterday. And like, I felt more just it, like I, I planned a little more about what I was going mm-hmm. to say. So I wasn't all like, um, this, um, mm-hmm. that. And so I felt a little better about last night. And then next week, I'm going to make tiki drinks, which I love oh, tiki cool. drinks. And we have tiki glasses. So it'll yeah. be fun. I just got, I, I was inspired by the shaker and spoon. And we have glassware and we have like a bar kind of home bar set up. But some of the glassware mm-hmm. we just didn't have. Like I didn't have nice coupe glasses and I didn't have Tom Collins glasses. Mm-hmm. And like right. every box seems to have a coupe or a Collins glass ne- needed. So I finally broke down and I bought these um, coupe glasses that came in yesterday and they are so pretty and I can't wait to use them. And like, that's what I'm doing with my quarantine. I'm drinking and I'm looking at memes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what oh, everyone's I'm doing. Like gardening, which is, is kind of a joke because I have like the worst black thumb ever. Every oh, plant that's ever come to me yeah. has died a sad and lonely death. I killed a cat <laughs> once, if you can believe it. Oh, we're in the same club. <laughs> and that's nice that we're in the same club. Um, but I decided I was going to try because, you know, with all of the, I was thinking about food and I was thinking about wanting to, you know, lower my needs to going to the grocery store and shortening the supply chain and et cetera. I, like in my head, that's what I was thinking. And I was like, well, let me just give it a shot. And so I have these dinky little seedlings that are like, they're green. So that's good. Uh, they're not mm-hmm. very robust and growing the way that I thought that they would. So I'm a little concerned about that, but they're sitting around the windowsill and I'm working on it. So that's, that's nice. Good. Well, that's yeah. good. Um, and then, so uh, we've all, we've been doing a lot of cooking mm-hmm. too. And I have to say, I don't like, I, you know, uh, I'm an introvert, which I'm assuming if you're a writer, you might be kind of one too. I kind of think of myself as an ambivert because I'm like, I am extroverted, but then I'm perfectly happy to be by myself. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't mind, uh, other than the whole, like, the 
horror of what's going mm-hmm. on. Like, I don't mind being indoors like this and not going mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, I haven't driven since March 13th. I probably should do that because I'm sure I forget. How- I wasn't that great at driving <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so now I'm serious where I'm not missing going out that much. And I'm actually like, I mean, I'm not spending any money. It's like good in that sense. We love cooking and like my husband will bake bread and like we're doing brownie Sundays all the time. I mean, well, so like, and my 12 year old steps and, you know, you have to do some dessert once in a while. But other than that, I've been trying to like, like my job, my full-time job, I'm a writer. So I make myself, I've been trying to make myself walk two miles a day, at least on the mm-hmm. treadmill. And I'm rewatching Mad Men because it's like Ming Lee and Carrot in front of me. I'm like, <laughs> I stay like invested in walking. Otherwise, walking on a treadmill okay. is very boring. And like, I know the weather's nice now, so I can go outside mm-hmm. too. But I know that I'll do a solid two miles if I'm watching an episode of right. that show. Otherwise, I don't move the rest yes. of the Like, I really, die. I'm very sedentary. It's, it's bad, but... um. And I know that you're reading too. So like, tell me, tell me what you're reading. Um, okay. So strangely, I'm reading a lot of post-apocalyptic <laughs> romance. Um, yeah. No, you know what it is? I think it's because I, I need it to be firmly planted firmly into like the fiction category. Do you know what I'm saying? And I make it, I, I like post-apocalyptic romance because you with the romance you're guaranteed a happily ever after you know right. so like right. in that regard I'm like and also some paranormal I like paranormal as well but yeah. um I I there's an author that I quite like her name is K.F. Breen and um she's kind of a one-click author in my in my book I like her and there was a whole series that I hadn't really started because it hadn't been finished. And I'm such a fast reader that for the most part, unless the series, if I know that it's going to be on a cliffhanger or that it's an overarching theme with the same characters, then I don't usually start it until it's finished because right. I didn't fly through it. Right. So I kind of was waiting. And then I thought to myself, oh, you know, there's that series. I think it, it's, you know, it should be coming out, you know, soon or whatever. And there were five out of six and the six books coming out in like July. And I was like, oh, that's close enough. I'll just read that. And so um, I read her and um, I found a new to me author, Megan Crane, who has like a Viking dystopian romance. Apparently that's a thing. And it was, it was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. So I read that one and, you know, I'm just, I'm reading all sorts of stuff, but a lot of it is, it's all yeah. has to be some kind of a romantic element because I cannot handle a bad ending <laughs> right now. Do you know what I mean? Like I emotionally cannot yeah. handle a bad ending. I want a happy ending. Even if you put them through the ringer, I want a happy ending. So no, that's right. basically what I've been reading, but yeah. I've, I started reading um, Victoria Schwab's A Darker Shade of Magic series. I'm still in the first book because um, I've been like just slowly going at it, but I wanted to see how she it's it's about these kind of alternate Londons and there's like four of them and this one kind of magical character he can move between them. So in, in my trilogy, I'm going to be um, addressing like Demet characters who are able to cross dimensions. And so I wanted to see how another author treated it. Um, just for like informational purposes so it's pretty good I like it a lot I it's like 
it's full fantasy. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really good. I like fantasy. Um, I like fantasy. I like paranormal. I like post a lot uh, post apocalyptic dystopian. Like I like, I, I, mm -hmm. I write in romantic suspense and I used to read a ton of romantic suspense. Um, I find that I don't actually mm -hmm. read it all that much anymore just because I'm writing in it and I don't want there to be any right. question, you know, that there's right. some fuzzy lines right. or something like that. So I, I steer, I tend to right. steer away from that specific subgenre, but, um, but all of the other stuff I'm, I'm definitely reading. And then I, I decided I was going to go back and um, read, uh, you know, Nora Roberts series, JD Robb series. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know that series, but I know Nora oh, Roberts. Well, Nora Roberts does romance, but she writes under a pseudonym called J.D. Robb for her for this um, uh, in-death series. And it's been going on forever, okay? Like, I started this series back like when I was graduating high school back in 95. And um, wow. I think she has, like, 50-some-odd books in it now. And I read, I don't know, the first eight or something like that. And then, you know, you move away. And it's been years yeah. since I picked it up. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize they'd gotten, there's so many of them. And so I'm like, well, let me go back and reread and remind myself what those series are. And if I get into it, well, then I have a huge run and I don't have to worry about what I'm going to read next. I'll just read through the series, no big deal. And so I've been kind of doing that as well. I've been living in, in the Dallas, Eve Dallas and Rourke world. <laughs> but wow. it's, um, it's science fiction, romance. And it, she oh. is a homicide detective. And so it's so good. You should definitely give it a shot. That sounds interesting yeah, and too. So I'm like marvel at writers who can be that prolific. Uh, unless she has a, like, does she have no. a team? Because sometimes if they get really big, they get oh, teams yeah. of writers. Well, I know some people do that, but she is not one of them. She's just a freaking machine. <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm sitting here whining That's about amazing. my lack of quarantine writing. And, you know, she's probably managed to, like, produce three books in the two months. Or <laughs> she's probably written a book oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just she's just like incredibly disciplined from what I understand and um and this was really cool too because it was such a when she first came out it was so different than what she'd been writing you know like she was just straight romance writer and then mm. um you know she had some paranormal elements or whatever but this is this is science fiction this is um, I think her first book was published in like, uh, for this series was in 1994 or 95. And, um, wow. and she had it set in the year 2058. The series starts in the year 2058. And it's, and so like, it's crazy now because here we are in 2020 and the series is still going on. And like some of the predictions, like as I was reading some of the first series, uh, first books in the series, some of the things that she'd written about, mm -hmm. it felt very prescient because I was like, she doesn't know that in 2001, the towers came down, but she's talking about like this explosion oh. of a, of a building. And I mean, like, it was so, it was so wow. wild actually to go back, but I, I recommend that series. I like it. So yeah, I'm super jealous of yeah. people who I'm are sorry. like, uh, Oh, no, I was just saying I'm very jealous of anyone who's able to be that prolific. I also am very bad with routines. Mm. <laughs> like, I I am bad about writing every day. I Sometimes I don't write for weeks if I don't feel like it. Because I'm like, if I'm going to force myself to do something, it's not going to be good. So, but like people like Stephen King, who I know he doesn't even take Christmas off. I'm so jealous of it's 
I used to be better about it and I definitely slipped and I would like to try to go back to being, you know, more disciplined about it. I, I want to say that I feel you because the only thing that I am consistent about is my inconsistency. <laughs> I, I, I am consistently exactly inconsistent and that's about it, you know? <laughs> so, you know, we're in the same camp as far as that goes for sure. Yeah. So what are you like when you do start working? <laughs> what are you working on? Are you still you're still finishing the third book in your trilogy? And um, she's kind of having a quarter life crisis. You know, she she's gone to school and she's you know graduated and she has all these dreams. She's the reader. She's the dreamer of the three sisters. Um, Liz, who is the second sister, mm-hmm. she's much, she's the pragmatic kind of practical one. And then Olivia, who's the oldest, mm-hmm. she's more of the nurturer. She's the chef, you know, she wants to feed you that kind of idea. So, um, Fiona is the dreamer and she's the kind of person who, um, she lost her parents when she was still like a sophomore in high school. So that has definitely affected her, her, um, ability to feel so even though, you know, she appreciates that her sister came and took care of her and made sure that she didn't have to go to foster care. There's still some of that, those feelings, those emotions, you know, and, um, and, and she wants to go traveling, but she also really needs to feel safe, you know? And um, Mm -hmm. so she ends up going up to this music festival up in Northern Maine with her friend and um, meets a guy who is a, um, um, main why I totally just based the word <laughs> I am a game like warden a I'm like oh my god I can't stand it <laughs> our words anyway but his name is Alden and um there ends up being like this whole other thing out like underneath the music festival where there's um and kind of an anti-government militia that's decided they want to take advantage of the fact that so many people are in the area to make a statement and she gets kind of swept up into that (laughs) that's what the story is (laughs) for what it's worth um I have like 30,000 words in it and it's called so (laughs) we'll see how it goes but um of where she's at right now it's just about her trying to figure out what she wants out of life and finding the courage to pursue it so you know that's what we yeah that's nice and then so do you have any advice for writers who maybe want to attempt like the romance genre but they're a little scared i mean nowadays romance really isn't romance really is just about Focusing on the relationship between two people and giving the reader satisfying happily ever after. And I know that the genre itself tends to get a bad rap, right? Like a lot of people will discount it or think it's fluff or think that it's, you know, it's it's easy. It's not easy, you know? And and if you look at anybody on the street and you look at any marriage or any couple that's out in the real world and you talk to them and you ask them, you know, how did you get together? What's your story? Every, every one of those relationships Mm -hmm. is going to be different. So even though you have some of those similar concepts of two people or sometimes more, right? Like you have other relationships too, but 
you know, for, for the general consensus, you can say, well, if two people get together and they find love, they find that they can trust each other, they have the respect, and there's a happily ever after, there's infinite possibilities within that, you know? And so um, hmm. don't be afraid to tell the love story that you want to tell. I guess I, that's one of the things that I want to say. Um, it doesn't have to be heteronormative. It doesn't it doesn't have to be between two people if you don't want it to be between two people. Um, but the idea is that it's a relationship between between people and they find love and there's a happily ever after. Within that, within that scope, you've got you've got the run of things, you know. Um, so that's definitely one thing I would say. The other thing is like, don't it, well, maybe it's like an addendum to that is don't feel like you have to have X amount of sex or no sex or, or intimacy, like you choose the intimacy, you know, you choose the level of the intimacy that you want. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think sometimes I've seen it both ways where some authors are afraid to talk about those kinds of scenes or afraid to write those scenes. And I've seen some authors who like are afraid not to Mm -hmm. include those in their story, you know, like the idea is what would these what, what would these characters or what do these characters dictate your story should be and follow that, you know? Right. That's, that's my thought on right. it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Well, so before we go today, tell people where okay. they can find you. Um, Amazon. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not published wide that's yet. Like I've basically just been living on Amazon and, and selling on Amazon. Um, you can get physical yeah. copies through Income Spark. Like I do have those uploaded so that um, if mm-hmm. you're an independent bookstore owner or a librarian and you want to order um, copies that way and you don't want to go through Amazon, you can get physical copies through Income Spark. But for the most part, Amazon right. is the way to go um, for me. And I, I also have a store through my website. So if you want to have like a copy that's signed, you can go to the store and you can order a signed, you know, autographed copy. Um, and I do a lot of local events throughout the area. Yeah, that's through, that's yeah. through your website. Yeah, I do a lot of local events. Um, obviously not now. <laughs> I I just actually got um, an email yesterday of the cancellation of an event that I was going to be doing in July, which, you know, it's sad, but I'm kind of glad that I don't have to be there. I don't have to be the one that says, hey, I can't make it because I'm not going out, you know. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're being responsible about it. But for the most part, I do a lot of local events, um, author fairs and vendor craft fairs and various what have you. So, you know, mm-hmm. you can always kind of find where I'm going to be on my Facebook page. Um, but if you just want an autographed copy, you can also go to the store on my website. Nice. Yeah. And that's nice just and satinrussell.com. <laughs> One of the benefits of being mean satin. Nice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank, Thank you. So Thank you for inviting me. Today. To say we were productive today. Yeah, you definitely will have to do this again. Yes. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs>